Welcome to our second episode of Better Catholics, uh, wherein we talk about matters of life, uh, matters of faith, and anything under the sun that we can talk about to help people really become better Catholics. Once again, I am Father Melvin. I'm Bishop Ryan. And I'm Donna. Yes, uh, last time we talked about uh, the importance of uh, this new tool that we are using, the podcast, uh, the value of it. You know? and, and also, uh, we talked about a very important uh, item in there, I think a very important topic, which is the bringing back uh, people to church. You know, the, the ones that we have lost and uh, questions, really, why they... Uh, why they left the church, um, things that we can discuss here now. Um, and to answer that, I think uh, it's good to introduce the, uh, the new topic, which is uh, the synodality. What does it mean? Synodality? Is that edible? <laughs> come, come again? Can you see? What, what is the word, Father Melvin? Synodality. Uh, Pope Francis opened the, uh, the Synod on Synodality last October uh, 10. Um, so this is uh, by stages, many different stages, but the diocesan phase already started, you know. Uh, we haven't opened it yet here in the diocese, but we will open it soon. Um, so what is synodality? <laughs> you know, well, what is synodality? <laughs> Go, Donna. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was uh, taking, yeah, kind of that word kind of surprised me, synod. So I was like, hmm, I need to Google this, of course, right? And then secondly, I was like, ooh, this will make a great Scrabble word. So <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, and thank, thank goodness for Google. So I know the literal, literal meaning, meaning of it, but um how it is uh, practiced in, in the Catholic Church, I do not. Mm. Yes. It's an assembly, right? It's of an some assembly. Sort. Very good. I yes. think uh, I, I, too, I'm, 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 I continue to learn. You know, mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, Donna, that we're experts uh, on this mm -hmm. uh, topic. For me, I look at this as a way of being church. You know, when you say gathering, it really is an opportunity for us to hear mm -hmm. different voices in the church because we cannot just proceed without checking without listening it's it's an act of listening and so this um it's not even just an activity it's a way of being right. church where we have several stages processes steps to do so that we can truly uh, um hear what people have to say what are their needs their wants their right. assessment uh their disagreements you know their complaints and uh Earlier, Donna, you mentioned about how we can bring back the young adults where they didn't really leave for good. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just taking a break. Mm -hmm. That happens in the love relationship. Like, yeah. ah, sure. Well, you know, just, uh, I, I still love you, but <laughs> give me my space. I want to find things uh, on my own. And I think even in matters of faith, you know, that has to be respected. Mm -hmm. For me, it's important that we capture the moment mm -hmm. and take it as an opportunity for us when you mentioned Donna, but bringing them back to the church. Again, as I said, also, you know, why, why did they leave? Is there something that we haven't provided? Mm -hmm. you know, are we irrelevant? Are we insensitive? Right, are we inconsiderate? Right. Are we just doing lip service? Mm -hmm. you know, so those kind of things. So hopefully this process of synod and synodality will be able to 
amplify voices that we haven't heard. Right. Usually right. in a church event, you know, it's the usual like members of the parish council, you know, the lectors, the Eucharistic ministers. But I think this process is inviting us to even go down and look, listen to the different sectors. Say, for example, the migrant workers. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned about the reality of uh, LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. They're very much part of the church, but oftentimes they feel marginalized. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do we welcome them? Right? They know the church is teaching, mm-hmm. but are we giving them that kind of compassion? Right. And, right. And, and, and do we exclude them or do we include them? Right? Who is considered inside? Who is considered outside? So it, it really is an opportunity for us to, uh, to listen more. And hopefully right, out right. of what, perhaps if you made the data collected in this process, we can use it, how we can be better Catholics, how we yes, can be a better yes, church. Yes. yes. In the, the mind of Pope Francis, uh, it's really not leaving anybody behind mm-hmm. you know we are not going to leave anybody behind we're going to work mm-hmm. together uh so in the mind of pope francis i think he's talking about he refers to the involvement mm-hmm. of everybody into the life into the mission of of the church so we are talking about so many things here in 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 the idea and the t- new teaching of of synodality. It is really very rich. Oh, well, but what does it mean to be, to involve everybody? Are we going to talk only about people within the Catholic church? Mm, yes. Mm. So we have the, for example, the, you, you talked about touch on the uh, LGBT community. Um, are we going to talk about LGBT within the Catholic church only? Mm. So I don't think that is uh synodal in spirit if we are going to leave the others behind yes, sure. so we are going to talk about everybody we are going to include everybody regardless mm-hmm. of your faith re- even regardless of your uh, of your uh, principles and belief we have to reach out to these mm-hmm. people and it's good you brought that up because i think uh, traditionally we as catholics it's we go to the church mm-hmm. So maybe the church needs to be creative in its outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about um, all those p- who are not necessarily Catholics. If you mm-hmm. want to touch the general population, maybe the church needs to expand out mm-hmm. instead, you know, try that, be more hands-on approach um, uh, through outreach. I don't know, like, um, community service or doing some type of service outside of the church instead of waiting for the people to go into the church mm-hmm. why don't you try to go out and exactly. and bring bring mm-hmm. these people in show them the acts of kindness show them the service show them what Jesus did for his people during his lifetime mm-hmm. let's let's be those types of people let's Action, right? Action speaks speaks louder than words. Right. Not everyone can comprehend what we're saying in our homily, um, but if you actually go out and show its mm-hmm. action, maybe that will help bring people back too and say, "Okay, look yeah. at Father Melvin came out. Wow, the bishop is here too. <laughs> okay, so let's come in. Yeah. Let's come to church at nine thirty or at nine a.m. on Sunday and let's listen. You know, and it's." 
why make it complicated? Yes, yes. When we're preaching, it interpreting the Bible is hard enough, yes, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. not anybody can can understand, right? We can all read it, but do we really understand what is truly written and what points are being made or yes. trying to be made? We rely on you to do that to us, you're for yes, us, yeah. right? So we all understand and we all yes. participate. That's how you participate. Yes, you and you, you mentioned about Donna about the importance <clears throat> of action, you know. And um, I'm reminded right away. I, I forgot who the saint uh, said this. Like when you preach, preach and and if at all possible, use words. Mm-hmm. So the best form of preaching is really through action. Because again, if you're just good with words, you know, what good would it do in terms of real actual service to the people? And St. Ignatius of Loyola said that love is expressed best in deeds mm-hmm. than in words. I, I love that. Anything yeah. that has to do with love, it's like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like really, it's about, it's about uh, action. And in fact, many of those who are what, what who would claim us they disaffiliate they no longer participate in the church they have the stance of exit they are still heavily involved in the social ministry of the church That's without right, identifying right. themselves as catholics mm-hmm. in fact you know there are many young adults who find more meaning in those direct service kind of ministry than being attached to a church mm-hmm. And, um, well, for me, you know, we need to have an open stance and mind with this reality. But we should also take this as an opportunity to ask ourselves why. Mm -hmm. Then maybe we need to do something because we are lacking Mm -hmm. in what you said as, you know, the deeds component, the real applicability of what we preach, of what we do. Because what matters most is that, you know, we don't just preach in the pulpit like, you know, Mm -hmm. nice words and you know, scrabble words that would get the <laughs> points, but uh, how are these words translated into action? That's yeah. that's true. And that is what the, the diocesan phase um, is going to uh, hopefully address. Now, how can we uh, reach out, really create programs wherein we can reach out to all the sectors in our society uh, so that literally nobody will be left behind Nobody will go hungry. Nobody will be sad. Nobody. Of course, we are. It's as if we are sounding like we are creating a utopic society. Uh, um, but uh, it's, it's never going to happen. Right. Of course. But why don't we try? Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Why don't we try? Yeah. And you you were talking about data collection mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we? How do we get this information? How do we gauge the community? In my line of work, our stakeholders, our parents, teachers, uh, support staff, students, right? Maybe we should send out surveys. Uh, however, um, not everybody is uh, technology savvy, so we need to be very mindful of that. Um, so we need to come up with ways. How yes. can we mm-hmm. gauge and how can we pose these uh, concerns? to the people Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we gather all that information then we bring it back to the synodality right and that is where they come and they disaggregate all their information everything that was collected 
and you find out, you weigh them. Okay, this group of people prefer this way. This right. this group, this is why they can't come. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We just, uh, we need to yeah. data collect. Of course, yeah, right. everything nowadays is data driven, right? <laughs> everything is yes. heavily relying on data. How we are able to gather that data is another way because yes. you can't just simply put it on social media and say, sure. hey, please respond to this because yes. I guarantee you more than half of the people here cannot respond because yes. they just don't have the capability to you do know, so. Yes, I remember when I was assigned a rector at the cathedral many years ago and then you know, the Paris Council said, let's have the suggestion box of the entrance <laughs> of the cathedral, you know, gathering data and really not knowing about scientific methods and all of that. But it's just a way of giving that space for people to express their opinion. After two weeks, only one piece of paper was placed. <laughs> and guess what was inside? And you turn on the AC 24-7. <laughs> so we need to be careful also and, yes. and, and really be intentional. What yes. are we looking? And um, I think as a church, we need to learn from scientific methods Right? We cannot just do things our own way. We mm-hmm. need to be open-minded and, you know, people like you, Donna, in the educational system. You know? And I think this is a blessing for us as a diocese because our pastoral plan, which um, uh, will end in December of 2022, you know, the five-year plan. So it's a blessing because while we do this process of synod and synodality, we can use the data to kind of assess what are our strengths? Mm-hmm. You know, what are our, our, our weaknesses? Mm-hmm. You know? And one of our priorities that we said is on youth ministry. And, and, and this is one of the five. And uh, uh, it's important to revisit that. And um, what are the ways that we, we, we need to improve? And uh, what are still, you know, uh, uh, voices out there that are not amplified? Mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, uh, I always think of our youth and, and young adults. And... Uh, um, um, we should we should do something yes. more than what we are doing now. Yes. So this diocesan phase really is crucial. You know, we are already in the initial uh, process of mm-hmm. formulating the team, um, uh, the synodal team. We haven't asked Donna yet to maybe oh. to facilitate a particular. Yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a side conversation. <laughs> but really, yeah. j- just uh, for the sake of perhaps you know imagination and 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 planning, Donna. If you were to pick a group or a sector uh, in our community that mm-hmm. you would like to reach out, not necessarily you, that mm-hmm. perhaps we have neglected mm-hmm. to listen, who or what group or sector would that be? You mentioned earlier in the first episode about students with special needs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's one. Uh, you mentioned about uh, non-Catholics, that mm-hmm. our consultation should expand from just within the structure, the organization mm-hmm. of the Catholic Church. But I think there's a lot of other groups or sectors out there that yes. not only uh, us will benefit from mm-hmm. listening from them, but also we can find ways of reaching out to them and hopefully serving them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know, you, you are more uh, mm-hmm. exposed to uh, realities out there uh, than, than the cloistered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call him the cinema opus day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> but, um, like I said, I, I receive, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty straightforward person. And yes, my you friends, are. <laughs> yes, 
people uh, also perceive me that way, and I'm okay with that it's because good. Good. I expect the same, right, mm -hmm. in return. Um, I have friends my age group. Uh, I would say, you know, maybe young parents uh, and those with older children, maybe between the 35 to 50-year-old population. Mm. I really... We were the ones that were brought up by, by strong faith. Mm -hmm. um, you must go to church on Sunday yes. or else you're grounded, you know, stuff like that. And it seems like uh, a lot of us don't impress that on our children now mm -hmm. because we want them to have the opportunity to think for themselves. Or maybe we're just too busy in our professional lives mm -hmm. that we don't have time to uh, enforce that on our children so and nowadays there's just you know there's a lot of freedoms now in our mm -hmm. world right so we we hope to leave it up to them and and hope that they make the right decisions for themselves so i would think that age group maybe is somebody we could target mm -hmm. because uh we're halfway through our lives already mm -hmm. and um it's not to say we don't believe in mm -hmm. in our faith we don't have faith we do have faith and I can say that for most of the people I know, and I'm sure others out there, practicing the faith is another thing, right? Maybe they don't do it by going to church every Sunday, but they do it through community participation, you know, helping their, their community-oriented, they're in the service industry. They, they express their faith in other means. Yes, yeah. So yes. I think that's important to to let's reach out to these folks. Let's find out what took you away. Was it yes. because it was forced on you as mm. a child? So mm -hmm. that's your rebellion or mm. is it you don't agree with everything? Mm -hmm. Have we, has the church become more judgmental, you know, as you've matured and you're able to, to, you know, um, figure that out in your own head. Yes. Right. Or, and we're questioning those mm beliefs now it's not to say we don't have the faith but we just don't agree with some of the practices yes. so i think that would help yeah you, when you mentioned about the age group donna did you say 35 and to about 50 50 because i know i'm a few months older than you oh. and i'll be 50 <laughs> oh. this year yeah so i agree and i think this is really the age group that we should also pay attention but a lot of emphasis is on youth, you right, know, but right. actually I, I've read an article that our model, our priority should be the adult catechesis, mm -hmm. adult formation should be the model because if you do that, then the adults would show good, good example to the kids, to the youth. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a visual reminder for the younger ones that learning about our faith is in a continuum. It doesn't stop. So even though you're about to celebrate your 50 year, 50th Let's birthday, that, <laughs> <laughs> that we continue to learn, yeah. right? So um, because most often, like, you know, our usual CCD, we have the drop off parents. You just drop the kids, you know, let sister take care of their formation. But how can we also give continuing formation of faith to, uh, to uh, uh, that age group? So there's, um, um, I think... Uh, he works in the field of theology. He's just very much uh, influenced uh, uh, in our like understanding of the faith formation. We go through stages, right? And there's a stage wherein you value community. 
there's a stage wherein you rebel. You focus mm. more on this sense of the individual, you know, meaning making, what matters to me. And then you move on to that stage called conjunctive stage wherein, wait a minute, I still value my community. I did go through that stage of questioning because I was disappointed. I was angry with the church. It doesn't make sense. But now that I'm at the stage of my faith, I will revisit that sense of community and try to synthesize that there's a new way of looking, right? So perhaps that's uh, something that we can look into and, and really a target mm-hmm. on, yes, on yes. actually our age group. How old are you, Father Melvin? I'm 46. Oh, oh, he's you're the youngest. Just a young, you're just a young lad. <laughs> Is he one year younger than you? Uh, well, actually, he's three years oh, older okay. than me. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I, we, I, we definitely need to talk a lot, you know, yes. about the, about this topic. I, again, this is a very rich uh, topic. And even even the Synod uh, still, I, I don't think they have a, a, a perfect clue or understanding of what the synod on synodality really sure. means. But at least on our part, we'll try to, to do our best to make sure the people understand it concretely. So we will try to create uh, programs, activities, um, also introduce uh, uh, the different uh, sectors that need to be represented. You mm-hmm. already talked about the youth. You already talked about the, uh, I don't know how, to, to call this stage, you know, yes. the, the older youth <laughs> or the younger manamku. I don't know. How, we call it, know we call it mid-amku. Yes, mid-amku. And many other sectors that need to be represented. We need to bring that in on, on, on the table for discussion so that we can listen more to them, understand more of their situation um, and if you have uh, suggestions, if you have ideas, uh, like, for example, what sector of society that need to be uh, rep- represented, comment down and uh, give us uh, your suggestion, your ideas, your questions. Uh, help us out so we can help you uh, also. Uh, this is our way of listening. This is another aspect of uh, synodality. We'll try to listen as much as we can. And hopefully we'll become your, your lips as well. God bless you. I'm Father Melvin. I'm Bishop Ryan. And I'm Donna. And uh, we're hoping to see you next episode. Take care. Mm-hmm.